Welcome to Awakened Grace. I'm Chad Roberts. Today we are in part three of what is one of my favorite sermons the Lord has ever allowed me to teach. It is called Soul Trust, How to Suffer Well. And friends, I know so much of suffering. As blindness suddenly came into my life and my family's life in 2018. I was in my late 30s and blindness came upon me rapidly and suddenly. So today when I preach on suffering, I'm not preaching from simply a head knowledge. I'm preaching as I walk through the season of suffering myself. Well, today, before we conclude this sermon, today is part three. If you missed any of the previous two, download my free mobile app, Awakened to Grace. Go to my website, awakenedtograce.com, and you can hear the other sermons. But today, as we conclude our thoughts out of 1 Peter 4.19 in part three, before we get to the text, I want to share with you a special song that I had the opportunity to record. It's a popular song in Christianity, and it's called, Though You Slay Me. It's a song about suffering and suffering well. Well, if you enjoy that song, I would love for you to check out the entire album that I did. My wife Sadie and I recorded this album. It's called Worth It All. And you can go to awakentograce.com, click the store, and you can find all of our music as well as all of our books. Well, I hope you enjoy this beautiful song, this faith-building song called Though You Slay Me. Return to the Lord, the one who's broken, the one who's torn me apart. You strike down to bind me up. You say you do it all in love, that I might know you when you suffer.
crying out Let this cup pass from me now You're still more than I need You're enough for me You're enough for me Though you slay me, yet I will praise you. Though you take from me, I will bless your name. Though you ruin me, still I will worship. Sing a song, sing a song. face seasons of suffering. Don't miss this now. It is a gracious thing in the sight of God. Look at the last of verse 20. It is a gracious thing in the sight of God. And what do verses 21 to 25 go on to teach? It teaches that Christ suffered well. It teaches that Christ entrusted himself to God Almighty, to the Father. It teaches that Christ is our example and he left us an example to follow in his steps. Do you see it there? Verse 21, verse 24. Christ is our example. Now we go back to 1 Peter 4, 1. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, so we see he's the example. We see that we follow in his footsteps. We see that he entrusted himself to God. We see that he suffered well. Arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. Why? Because the days that we suffer on this earth, the seasons, the times, they are uniquely preparing us for an eternal weight of glory where we will never, ever, ever, ever suffer again. So you know what I think God would do? I think God would say, Chad, if you will never suffer again for all of eternity, then don't waste this short amount of time where I'm doing a work in you that will be displayed for all of eternity. You and I can glorify God unlike any other creation in all of the universe, unlike any other creature, unlike any other angel. You and I can uniquely glorify God 
by suffering well. And it will glorify him forever and ever and ever and ever. That's why I say we can do it well. So he says in the time that you have remaining. You know, it's interesting. Look at verse 2. It's interesting that those who really understand eternity, they make the best use of time on the earth. Those who never think about heaven, those who never think about eternity, they never think about eternal things. They don't value eternal things. Oh, how dull and earthy their minds are. How dull and earthy their affections are. When we sing songs like this morning, that great revelation song, scenes of heaven. It stirs my affections for Jesus. I don't want my mind, I don't want my thinking, I don't want my affections to be dull and earthy. I want them to be heavenward, Godward. Set your affections on things above where Christ is, not on things on the earth. Scripture says, Colossians 3. So the time that you have remaining. Do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about how many years you have left on this earth, perhaps? You ever think about how short of a window of time that that is? I had an interesting conversation with Sadie coming home from Orlando. She was telling me about my iPhone has 64 gigs. Her new iPhone has one TB. I said, you're kidding. In your phone? I remember when a one TB tower was like $200. And I was thinking about that phone. I was thinking about how, you know, how many of you are like us? You just use your phones for everything. I wish it wasn't true. I wish it wasn't so. Ugh, it gets on my nerves. But I do everything with my phone. I text, I email, I set my alarms, I set reminders, I do my math, I listen to my books. I do everything with it. It's such an integral part of my life. But you, but you know what's fascinating is if you take that one TB iPhone that Sadie has and you maximize it with all the data, will it weigh any more or will it weigh any less? No. Because the shell of that phone is not the real phone. What's the real phone? It's the software in the phone. Do you know what the real you is? It's not your flesh. It's not the hardware. It's the software. It's the soul. You are created in the very image of God, which means you are eternal and you will never die. You will spend eternity somewhere because you're created in the very image of God. So in the time that you have remaining, do you think about that? What am I going to do with the time that I have remaining? Am I going to glorify God or not? Am I going to live for the passions of the flesh or am I going to live according to the will of God? And what centers you to the will of God better than anything else? Suffering. Because what does suffering do in your life? 
it ceases sin. Do you see the logic of scripture? Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. Don't despise it. Now, let's go back to our text, verse 19. I've already alluded to this, but let me say it again. So let's understand then what Peter is writing. We don't want to suffer in life because of poor decisions. We don't want to suffer as sinners. We don't want to suffer as results and consequences of sin. But when we suffer according to the will of God, because we can't change the circumstance and God's led us into the circumstance, okay, that's different. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will, now what are we to do? If I can't understand the will of God and I agree I'm in the will of God, now what do I do? Entrust your soul to a faithful creator. That word entrust is very special. It's a banking term. It's a finance term. It means to make a deposit. It's where we get our idea of FDIC insured deposits. If you have your money in a bank, odds are it's insured. It's entrusted. It's deposited. It has a faith. It's got a guarantee behind it. Now, how good it is, I'll let you make your own mind up. But when it comes to your soul, oh, now don't miss this. Beside this clause, entrust your soul to a faithful creator. Just note 1 Peter 2, verse 21. Jesus entrusted himself to God in his sufferings. Christ deposited his trust. He put it in God the Father. And what does verse 21 say? He is our example to follow. Do you know what this verse tells me? I love that Peter says the word soul. And do you know why I think Peter uses this word by the Holy Spirit? Now say amen right now if you're with me. Don't miss this. Because brothers, sisters... If I can trust my soul, my eternal state, my eternal salvation, if I can deposit and I can entrust my soul to a faithful God, then surely I can trust the present circumstances of my life. If I can trust God for eternal salvation, then why can I not trust him for today? If I can trust him for all eternity, why can I not trust him for tomorrow? You say, Chad, I don't, I don't know what the next month looks like for my life. No, but you know what eternity looks like. So why can you not trust God for the next month? If I can entrust my soul, then I can entrust my daily circumstances. And then note what he says. To a faithful creator. Why do you suppose he says creator? Why does he not say to a faithful father? Why does he not say to a faithful judge? Why would he not say to a faithful God? Why do you suppose he says creator? I don't know this. I'd like to ask Peter this when I get to heaven. 
Perhaps his mind went to Psalm 121, verse 1, when David said, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. From where does my help come? My help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You know why I think he said creator? Because God controls all things. Amen. And let me tell you something. When blindness came into my life, my faithful creator did not go, oh, oh, what are we going to do? This was never supposed to happen to Chad. Oh, oh, what a travesty. What a disaster. What? Oh, 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 oh. Do you think God did that? Absolutely not. And do you not think God is the creator of my eyes? Do you think God is not the creator of my former retina? And do you not think he'll be the creator of my new retina? Do you not think he is the creator of absolutely everything? If I can entrust my soul to my creator, then I can entrust my present circumstances. I can entrust my eyes. I can entrust blindness. I can entrust disappointments. I can entrust hurts and wounds. And I can give it all to the faithful creator and so can you amen you're in the will of God so don't get angry at him don't despise it don't get hurt over it humble yourself submit yourself and here is the kicker you ready for the dessert oh we've had the ribeye now here's the dessert look what he says Entrust your soul to a faithful. Oh, oh, hang on. Don't let me miss this. Do you know why he says faithful creator? Because 2 Timothy 2.13 says, when we are faithless, God remains faithful. Always faithful. Amen. And let me just encourage you for a moment. I feel the Holy Spirit leading this right now. Give me, give me a couple. Is it okay if I take a couple more minutes? Because I know God's speaking to somebody in this right now. Some of you have said some very bad things to God. And I can feel it by the Holy Spirit right now. Someone's listening to me that you've actually cursed at God. And I want to tell you, precious sheep, God's not mad at you. And he's not angry at you. I can feel it by the Holy Spirit. There's somebody listening. You have stopped praying because you got so angry at God, you cursed him, and now you're ashamed to pray. No, let me tell you, 2 Peter 2.13, when we are faithless, God remains faithful. Amen? Yes. And he loves you, and you belong to him, and you're his child. And he's not going to forsake you. And he's not going to abandon you. And I don't care what you said. He loves you despite it. He's faithful when we're faithless. Now, for the end. For the conclusion. So what, what's Peter's conclusion? Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves in the same way of thinking. Because those who suffer in the flesh cease from sinning. So with the time you have remaining, don't live according to the passions of the flesh. Live according to the will of God. And what is the will of God? Verse 19. Let those who suffer according to the will of God entrust their soul to a faithful creator. While doing good. The NIV, I love how it says, 
The NIV says, continue to do good. I had never seen this verse. A couple of months ago, I called my mom one morning and she said, Chad, let me tell you what I read this morning. And she read me this verse. And I couldn't believe it. I'd never seen it before. You know what Satan wants today? He wants your faith. That's what he's after. He wants your faith. He wants your prayer life. He wants you to isolate yourself. He wants you to quit on God. He wants you to drop out of church. He wants you to recluse. He wants you to withdraw. But let me tell you what scripture says. Those of you that suffer according to God's will, continue doing good, amen? Don't quit. Don't back up. Don't give in. Don't throw in the towel. You keep going in Jesus' name. You say, Chad, how can I keep going? Because you're in the will of God, saint. Because you're in the will of God. That's why you can't keep going. And I think what God would have us do is make a resolve about us, have a determination about us that we are never going to quit on God. Come hell or high water, we're never going to quit. Never, never. What suffering are you going through today? Do it well. How do you do it well? James 4, 7. Submit yourself under the mighty hand of God. Resist the devil and he will flee from with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I don't know your life. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what's outside your control that you don't have any ability to change or any ability to control. But I do know this. You can entrust yourself to God. If you can change it, by all means, get up and change it. But if you can't change it, then trust God. Trust God the way Christ trusted his father in his suffering. Maybe you've been asking the wrong question. What can I do about this? Who can fix this? Who can help me? Maybe today you need to change that question. And maybe you need to start asking, what can I do with this? How can I trust God more? How can I glorify God more? Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you, God's not against you. God is for you. And he knows what's good for you. Oh, trust him. Trust him. Trust him today. Trust him today. Don't lean upon your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge God and He will direct your paths. Don't settle for what Satan brings into your life. Yeah, you rebuke the devil, absolutely, but trust God. Rebuke Satan, but trust God. Resist him, but entrust yourself to God. Have you visited my online store where you can find books, music, sermon series, and so much more? 
I hope you'll go there today, awakentograce.com slash store, and keep checking back because our resources that are designed for spiritual growth are always growing. awakentograce.com slash store.